Welcome on board to this, the 1259 Express service to London St. Pancras International. Calling it intrigue, discourse and turpitude. The buffet is located in coach F and the quiet carriage is located in coach A with DJ Paulette and Gavin Kingsley. Do pay attention to the safety posters and please don't block the aisles with baggage, emotional or otherwise. Anyway, I'm really <laughs> glad you're back. Thank, Thank you, you for that cup of tea <laughs> much needed very much needed i've just seen anyway one of my friends had just pinged me with this thing um my friend daniel in paris who is the really big prince fan but he's not as big a prince fan as you are and he pinged me and posted the prince single welcome to america on my page and I went straight over to iTunes and pre-ordered the album. Have you ordered it? Have you got it yet? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's five years today that he died. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah, those five years have flown. I just can't, yeah. Where were you when he died? Where, where did you hear the news? I think... I was... Do you know, I know, in fact, definitely, because I, I was at my mum's and I'm pretty sure that almost as soon as I heard the news about it, I looked at your page on Facebook to see because, and I'm remembering this because I think it was two weeks before it, was it two weeks before or three weeks before it, you'd had a scare with it. And he'd said, no, this can't be true. And then it was like, uh, oh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Nothing happened. Yeah, no, that's actually, that. it was a week before he, you know, a week before he... There'd um, been an issue over something. Well, he, he, he had finished his last gig, which was on April 14th, my birthday. Oh, and, happy birthday, um, by the way. Belated. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And then he um, was going home in, on in Minneapolis, and he, from what we know, he pretty much died. And he 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 had some kind of attack in the air, and they had to do an emergency landing, and they brought him back to life on the tarmac. But obviously, we didn't know that at the time. Um, and then, and then he did like a show at Paisley Park, maybe two days later. Yeah. And it was weird. He didn't perform, but he was there. I don't know what quite what was happening. And he just came on stage just to kind of show everyone that he was okay. And he said something really strange, which was kind of like, you know, I'm okay, I'm okay. Save your prayers for later this week. Oh. And he, di and he died five days later. Strange, right? Really strange. Really strange. Really strange. But I mean, yeah. But, but it's... Today's, you know, today's a bit weird. Like, it's... it's uh, yeah, I think, you know, any, any Prince fan or anyone that knew him, I think, dreads April 21st. Mm. You know, you mm. just remember yeah. those dates and you just remember where you were. Yeah. Um, David Bowie. Yeah, I mean, it's... So that, it's... it's uh, but, the what? yeah, the Welcome to America single. Um, I like love it. Because the thing is of it is he... It's just that everything he talks about in it, bearing in mind this is a 2010 unreleased thing. This is like... It couldn't be more current. 
Exactly. All his lyrics did that. It's like he, he talked about something and then years later it either happened or you're like, oh my God, I mean, he... It's like a prophet. You know, and I'm pretty sure in, in those vaults in Paisley Park, there's a, a whole album on how to deal with a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Just, it really wouldn't surprise me. But those lyrics are just like, I mean, it's literally, you know, from... I mean, they're really... I, I, you know, the whole song is great, but the, the way it talks about, you know, iPhone and, pe- you know, people listening and watching what you're doing... You know, it's, it's so yeah. brilliant. Marketing, people getting jobs and not deserving it and then doing bad things and then getting a promotion because of it. Just that That's the first opening verse is talking about, um, you know, really bad politicians and people in power who shouldn't be in power who continue to do bad things and continue to get promoted and just outrageously prophetic yeah i mean that's that's you know it's also like it's it's a strange one because there's that that's the whole album that you know we knew we know many albums exist that we don't know the tracks Mm. but there's nothing on there apart from one track, which probably is a completely different version to the one we know. It's like all those tracks were just made and then locked up. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went out, then he did a tour Welcome to America, but no one knew there was actually an album, you know, that that was meant to promote that just kind of got shelved. So it's interesting you're talking about this because I've made a dedication to you on my show. <laughs> Um, um, I'm not even going to tell you what I say, but just everything you've just talked about there is just like, I nailed that dedication. <laughs> I, I, look totally for, I look forward to it. <laughs> but no, so to, you know, so it's, um, I can't wait to hear the album. Um, the, the thing is with it is that it's like, there'll be new Prince albums for as long as we, we live. I mean, well, for sure, and, because and he, is, he is one artist who lived, ate, slept, and breathed music. Like, as soon as he woke up, he was in the studio making music. When he was on tour, he was making music. When he'd finished a set, he'd go and do another set, and he'd finish that set, and he'd go back and make some music. There are so few people who live music like that and creating a body of work that nobody's ever heard nobody's ever heard there must just be vaults full of this stuff well there's yeah i mean i think there's something i think they've said there's something at least 50 albums that we just just there waiting um you know, and it's to be well, curated and unleashed. Well, you know, some some albums like this are just they're done. I mean, it was like it's not like they've picked tracks for an album. This was this was you know the artwork was done. It was done. It's, it was ready to go. Um, you know, as opposed to tracks that are also you know this is a body of work. Uh, he did do an album in 2010 called 2010 that was given away with the Daily Mail, which was you know a, a, you know a, quite a clever move because giving that away to, to the it was a mail on Sunday to the you know the most read newspaper in the UK. Did you get it? Of course. It's like 
It was like the it was like the first first and last time ever. I was like rushing to the news. That agent. you've ever bought the snail? Yeah, I, re- <laughs> I remember. I, I was living in that flat in Maida Vale, and I remember like so clearly. And I and I rushed, and then when I got back, I was like, oh, "Fuck, the CD's not in here." Um, but um, yeah, and that was it. Was I mean, again, it's like a, a, a lot of his like later music. You know, when they were released. You know, they were like, this is good, but this isn't great. But now, when you go back to it, it's mm. bloody amazing. It was just, mm. it just kind of wasn't. He never quite, you know, with with more modern music, he never quite was like, okay, this is the hot new thing, and I'm gonna make it even better. It was like it wasn't quite. He never tried to do that, so it was kind of you didn't really know where it fitted. But now, when you go, no, back, and I've listened to like I've you know the most some of the more recent albums lately. I'm like, oh my god, this actually sounds. An incredible album that was just. Yeah, it was just I think he was just so far ahead of the curve with everything that there was no slot for it to really fit into. We had to catch up to him. You know, there are certain people where we have to catch up with them. You know, you're one person who I always think I have to catch up with you because you just absorb so much information and stuff like that that is just mind-blowing to me and then Prince in terms of music and look and marketing and new technology and everything was just so far ahead of the game so far ahead of the game with everything that I really do think that we have still to catch up with a lot of the stuff that he was thinking and saying and feeling and creating. It would be quite... I'm looking forward to discovering it and I have to say that as soon as I heard this single I was like totally blown away. It's just... Also, and I it, even it, though even though he's been dead for five years, I would say that he is one artist that is still alive, is still very much alive in terms of how people speak about him. Yeah, and it's 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 you know speaking to all my friends that are, you know fans like me, there's a real you know. N- People, I think, are just a little bit shocked that we, you know, we hear a new track that we never knew existed, mm. uh, and he still, he still does that thing where we're just in awe of new music. Yeah. When most other artists, you know, there may be one or two tracks, but then, you know, it's a dead end. Yeah. But with Prince, the more we hear, it's like, oh no, it's like, it actually blows. It blows. It gets like, better. Yeah, it's like last year when they released. Um, of you know the whatever it was five CD version of Sign of the Times, mm. you know which is is my favorite Prince album. It's many people's and it's like it's the perfect album, and then suddenly there's a there's another four. I don't know how many. I think it's like forty eight new tracks. It's like how the fuck can there be forty eight new tracks? And then you hear them and you're like, oh, there's like four versions of one track, but but they're literally so different. A song that you knew forever, and suddenly you're hearing a. It's like, oh my god, this is just, you know, how did he do this? Like, yeah, just, how just, many different ways can you make? And no one is, and, you know, and, and it is a sad thing that 
you know, I think a lot of people have, you know, still struggle to deal with, is we know there are very, very few artists that are going to kind of give us that high that Prince gave us when he performed. And it's kind of a bit, because uh, we know we're never going to have that again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are artists who are gifted, definitely. Yeah, there are artists who really know how to work a massive stadium crowd. There are some awesome artists who can do that but there aren't really artists of the level of like Madonna and Prince who have everything who continue to really push the boundaries and really walk the walk talk the talk and are smashing it but Madonna's still alive and doing that but Prince has been dead for five years and is still smashing it you know you, you think about how he's gonna we you know what would you know what would he have written about the pandemic or what happened in Minneapolis um, mm. what is but he already did yeah <laughs> That's the yeah. he you know like he the trap Baltimore. I mean he he really did it. It's like it's it's kind of it's kind of, there's something kind of a little bit. How the word is? It's a kismet word about yeah. what happened actually happened in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder what he would have said and how he would have felt with that um, guilty verdict yesterday well he's you know the, the line in that Baltimore track is um, if there is no justice there is no peace mm. there you go mm. the song was written yeah I do every time I think about Minneapolis that you, you can't help but link the two and feel that if he was here he would definitely have something to say he would have been at the forefront. Oh, I mean, it's just like it's... You can't imagine what he would have done. Uh, it's, 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 yeah. It's a, it's, it's a crazy... I mean, it's, it's such an incredible city. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to go back. Whenever we get out of lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, well, not whenever we get out of lockdown, because we're kind of out now, but whenever we're allowed to travel. I how mean, are Coachella doing it anyway? How, how next are year, Coachella will next, be next year. year. They cancelled it this year. Right. But I mean, right. either, do you know what? I mean, it's got to the stage now where, you know, just because Boris says we can go to the pub, it does not mean the pandemic's over. What I'm seeing, thankfully, so far, and maybe just in my very small, um, you know, the, the radius with me going out and socialising and also working in various socially distanced establishments is that people are really behaving themselves. I think people are really just glad to get out of the house, <laughs> have somebody else serve them their dinner, <laughs> be able to sit somewhere and eat it rather than walking away with it in a box and eating it when it's tepid and half cold. 
or you know and not having to reheat it in the microwave and and feel sad about you know having that really lovely part of the social part of eating out and going out taken away from them and one thing I thought was interesting this weekend I was DJing at the refuge and and I was being asked all the way through my set how is it you know by the by the booker and the promoter saying you know how is it can you give us some hints hints and tips what's happening and at the beginning of my set I said this is actually really nice they're really careful it's all socially distanced everyone's got masks on the DJ has to wear a mask everybody has to wear a mask there's no messing about um this is just like a very nice um sedate practice session where you know I'm playing for people who are eating and that's how it felt at the beginning and then slowly but surely as people were changing the tables as the sittings were changing people were kind of moving through in the one-way circulation to go out of the door and as they were passing the decks they were giving me like double thumbs up they were mouthing thank you they were smiling and it was it was just like that feeling of people are really listening and appreciative of just being able to go out and hear music that isn't coming through their earbuds or their laptop or their TV or their radios and they're enjoying just being just being in that environment where there are other people also just being nearby and it's really interesting really really interesting and so far I haven't seen any misbehavior for sure there is some AJ Tracy makes some stupid tweet (laughs) (laughs) Platfield is mobbed I can't (laughs) help thinking though that that was worth it that publicity oh of course it was I almost thought that the record label set that up let's pay 10 grand and get this album you could not you know that kind of publicity would cost more than 10 grand it was fixed it was totally it, it feels like total setup now yeah, that definitely feels a little bit um total setup but you know but so far so good people are behaving the people the places where i'm working because i've been back to work now for two weeks maybe three two weeks and working twice or three times a week. I've got actually clicked straight back into work, which is really nice. Um, but people are adhering to the rules and regulations. Nobody's being stupid. I think we just want to get to June so that we can enjoy July and August and September as in the best way that we can enjoy it yeah i mean i you know if you asked me two days ago i still would have said oh i can't see june 21st happening but i mean boris is pretty much decided now it is happening whether we like like it or or not not. and liverpool obviously the test i'll go and get some sandwiches this is a special announcement for passengers in the quiet carriage do please keep conversation to a minimum and no mobile phones i can hardly hear myself think 
controversy because she was in a frozen yogurt store which she annoyingly calls Froyo. I don't know if that's just her calling it or it's an LA thing, but she was in a Froyo shop and she was triggered by the, I don't know what she was triggered by, the sugar or something. And um, she... Well, first, there's, there's, as one of the overused, most overused phrases of 2020 into 2021, there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) (laughs) There is, there's a lot to unpack there. And for me, firstly, I know a little bit about Demi Lovato and however her career has taken shape and has stalled on various um, on various occasions with you know she's had a lot of um, problems mental health problems and um, anxiety and excess and all of that and yet she's had quite a high selling music career as well so she's very very popular her socials are mental she has massive massive fan base let's see how many i'm just looking at but i don't quite 102 million yeah fucking hell yeah it's serious she's massive so that video i talked about oh my god she even called it trigger warning um, but that four, stop, four point stop, 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 stop. Over a frozen yogurt. Over a frozen triggered. Yogurt. Well, she, you know, she has an eating disorder, and, and it triggered her. Yeah, but then don't go in the frozen yogurt place. You avoid your triggers. I have complex PTSD. I've been treated for complex PTSD, and if it's really bad. You avoid the trigger point until you are counselled and in the way of dealing with your triggers. Yeah, I think it was something like... You don't walk straight into it and then get upset by being triggered by it and then put it out on social media. Well, I think a lot of it also was that she really attacked, you know, a small business that was not cool absolutely uncalled for and then when she went to apologize what she did is she just kind of attacked him again and it's something like they had too much choice and when she got to the front she didn't realize that this was like low this slow that for different kinds of um medical conditions um anyway i mean with the fact that we talk about it is literally i mean i was ashamed that i watched the entire eight minutes of her apology <laughs> this is the most annoying woman. I'm just actually really baffled. I mean, one of the things that really upsets me and continues to upset me, being someone who has mental health pro- problems that I do or don't discuss in public, is that there is this intense, intense, almost fetishized fetishization fetishization of um, mental health issues and mental health words and practices in social media it's almost like people 
and particularly celebrities are there's almost been a shift that you're not cool unless you have a mental health issue and it kind of takes away from the actual real suffering in one way I can see it's trying to help it's saying we've got that too but suddenly if Demi Lovato's got 102 million followers and they all identify with her mental health issues have those 102 million followers just suddenly thought it's cool to have whatever issues she's got I just really struggle with how much celebrities are using mental health issues for publicity or for care and nurture and there's a really fine line between um saying you know solidarity i'm here for you or actually this is working as publicity for yeah i mean i me and my social what it feels like is uh, I i don't know how correct it is in saying this or incorrect but i'm gonna say anyway it feels like people are using the word trigger for example that's as an excuse for just losing their shit yeah and that's you know like we all lose our shit sometimes we're not all triggered it's just we lose our shit yeah <laughs> it's like seriously you know there's, there's because you can't and that you know and, uh, but we don't then go on instagram for eight minutes and make an apology over the fact that we you know, lost our shit <laughs> why don't you just admit and say that that's what happened and because there's also a very big difference between being triggered by something when was the last time you just you snapped and then you walked away and you're like i kind of overreacted just yeah exactly there's a big difference between being triggered and overreacting there's a massive difference like a clinically massive difference between just overreacting to a situation and being triggered when was it so when was the last time that you remember uh, that i overreacted to something oh, yeah, yeah that i had to apologize to somebody for overreacting. oh maybe <laughs> that flyer the flyer for my podcast do you remember when i sent you the flyer and said i don't like this i physically hate it <laughs> Yeah. And I had to phone them back and apologise. But I just, you know, I overreacted. I overreacted because when I showed everybody else the flyer, they were like, this is really nice. It's really good. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, the, the, I think that the last time, I mean, I, I never used the word triggered, but someone else did who said I was triggered. Was I was in the workspace? This is a, in the middle of the lockdowns. That and there was this guy, and he just kept walking up and down. And you were meant to be wearing masks, and he wasn't. And he was on the phone talking really loudly, which just I just find really annoying. You know, when you're in a workspace, you just I found it really inconsiderate. But what he was doing on this particular day was he was walking up and down, walking past me like too close. You know, like no spatial awareness, and he just kept walking past me. And I'm kind of kind of at the end, and there's like a kitchen, like a sink. He just kept picking, pick, getting a tissue, blowing his nose, blowing his nose, and then opening the drawer, and then and he kept that, and he just constantly blowing his nose, right? And he wasn't wiping the surfaces, and he was just. Uh, but then what he was doing was, 
he then kept doing the same, except he'd kept opening the bin and spitting into the bin. And I was kind of like, you know, getting more and more annoyed. And in the end, what I did was I just packed up my bags and left. But I did say to the girl in the front desk, can you just check this guy out? Because he just, he's blatantly ill. You know, he's got a cold. He has not stopped... You know, I don't, and he's spitting into a bin. It's just a bit, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And then I left, and he says, no, and the, the guy said, oh, you know, you've clearly been triggered. I'm like, no, no, I'm just, it's just disgusting. But then a week later, I went back, and then the guy was there, and I'm like, okay, he's sitting down. And then within two minutes, up he goes again on his phone, walked past me, blew his nose, spat into the bin, and. Good afternoon to all passengers. Just to remind you that the buffet car is open and even the placemats are gluten-free. Yeah, I think with London as well, there's just such a higher concentration of people in certain areas, you know, particularly... And every road's being dug up, so there's like, you're really like... it's, it's On top it's of everybody. We, we just felt like, you know what, it's like, this... You know, this is not fun, and you know, and then all the other thing as well is, you know, forget COVID. I think it'll be a pandemic of um, pneumonia because it's. And we were just like, you know what? This actually, you know, it's nice. Yeah, but it's not actually pleasant. We serve food, but actually, it's like number one, this is really expensive Mm. food. Um, There's no atmosphere because it's outside. There's no music. There's no vibe. And we're freezing, um, and the, you know we're in the middle of a mm. road. Just, I'd rather, you know, I think now, and I know a lot of my friends feel the same. We'll just wait till we can actually go inside. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's really difficult. I mean, I understand. I really understand what you mean about it being too soon in terms of London, because just logically rationally thinking about the concentration of people there is way way higher than it is in manchester and manchester is pretty dense yeah population wise but london is just off the scale you know i can think about getting on a met in rush hour in manchester and it will be nothing like getting on the northern line at tottenham court road every (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> any day of the week I haven't, be, you know, know. I haven't been on a tube since last February mm. because obviously I'm lucky because I live in the middle I live in the city but um, buying a bike was just uh, that bike has changed everything has it paid for itself oh my god I mean and then some it's Go paid on. for in terms of obviously cost in money but also mm. just it's just it, it's you know I feel I don't feel unsafe on the roads. I would have felt unsafe if I bought a bike before lockdown and just kind of went. I think lockdown has allowed people that you know like cycling but didn't have one in London, for example, to kind of get used to the roads being empty. And then gradually yeah. it's got a bit busier, a bit busier, a bit busier. Because I drive, I know how to use a road. What yeah. I notice is, you know, all the people on Boris bikes, whatever, you know, no helmet, they or bloody scooters. I mean, it's like, you know, these scooters, sorry to sound like an old man, but scooters 
they go 60 miles an hour and no one that has them seems to realise that a red light means stop. This is a discussion for another day. This is a chat for another day because I really do want to talk about um, how, I don't know, people have forgotten how to use the highway code. Ladies and gentlemen, we've reached our final destination. Before you leave the train, have a good look round, make sure you have all your luggage and your valuables and anything else you came with. The quiet carriage returns next week. Check us out on Clubhouse 2. This podcast was produced by the radiodepartment.com.